0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen. And today I have Amy and Natalie on with us. She is a women's empowerment coach and feminine embodiment guide with over a decade of coaching experience. So I kind of want to start with your bio and just dive into that. So right from the start, can you share a little bit about feminine embodiment? So if anyone's new and they're like, ooh, what are we getting into today? What are we chatting about?
1: Yeah, I think this is a great question because embodiment is a big term, and I think that it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But on my journey before I even knew what embodiment was, I lived for the majority of the time in my head, and that resulted in a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of negative self-talk, which then manifested in my physical health as Burnout, adrenal fatigue, and having chronic autoimmune symptoms. So, really, this link of most of us being stuck in our minds and being so disconnected from the body, which is also the soma, which is why we talk about somatic therapy and somatic healing. That's really this deeper layer that I learned was the key to not only improving my physical well being and emotional well being but also the key to becoming and living as my true authentic self. And when we are so caught in our minds, we are so worried, what are other people going to think about me? Or we're so worried about playing that good girl role, the perfectionist, the people pleaser, like making everyone else happy. But then internally, we have this disconnect. We have this, ooh, like something feels off. I'm playing small. I'm not being my full self. Now, when we bring women back home to their bodies, that's where their power lives. That's where their sensuality lives. That's where their intuition lives. And that's where they're like, oh, this is the real me. This is who I really am. Mm,
0: I love that. Okay. So I want to kind of pull some threads there and dive into how do we get there? So maybe someone's listening and they're like, that's totally me. I'm living in my head. Like, What are the first steps that they maybe just even that awareness
1: Mhm. Yeah, I think the the most common entry point to any form of embodiment work that I would say is the most well known is yoga because what yoga does is it helps to create this connection this mind body connection through the awareness of the breath. Now, the breath when we are in our minds when we're stressed and we're anxious, what we do is we constrict the breath. We get we we have really shallow breathing. Now, if we just take a moment, even right here, and we place our hands on our body, like one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart, and we just slow down the breath and we bring awareness. So we take a deep inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. Right then and there, we are reconnecting. We are bringing mindfulness back into our physical bodies. And on a physiological level, we are calming down the nervous system we are getting out of that fight flight freeze mode and we are coming back into that regulated nervous system space from that space that's where we can make choices that are really empowered so the first step is to bring awareness to your breath and in my book the feminine way i talk about having a daily devotional practice now daily devotional practice isn't a religious practice that you have to have. And it's not a specific prescription of certain spiritual tools that you have to do every day. Like sometimes that can even become this checklist and this overwhelming thing. What I talk about daily devotion is it's devoting time each day to spending time with your soul, connecting with yourself in this really intentional way. And if you don't have a daily practice, starting with five minutes a day and choosing something that feels interesting, that feels inspiring for you. Maybe some days it's meditation. Maybe some days it's breath work. Maybe some days it's journaling. Maybe some days it's pulling oracle cards. Maybe it's some day reading an inspiring book, right? It's really an intuitive practice, but it's the devotional aspect of, I'm prioritizing this time with myself and creating space to really slow down and to listen. And even just that alone, which I know a lot of people struggle with consistency when it comes to having a daily practice, but even that alone is life-changing. Like it completely shifts the orientation of where your energy and your attention goes for your day.
0: I love that. And and like, I have a 10 month old now. And so like my, I had strong wording practice, but now with him and he still doesn't sleep through the night. And so it's very noticeable in my life where I'm like, Oh, I'm missing that morning structure that I used to have. And so if people are kind of in that, I guess, frame of life, are there tips for people who might have, or even older kiddos? I have many clients who have older kiddos who still are all over with their sleep. Can we do these practices in the evening or afternoon? Because I think sometimes mornings can be hard for people. And then we just shove it all away instead of being like, maybe this fits in a different area of my life.
1: Totally. Yeah. I support lots of mamas as well. And this is important. This is about being honest with what's, what's happening in your life, not trying to fit yourself into a mold of, it needs to be this exact way. And if I didn't do it that way, then I did it wrong and I failed and I'm just never going to get this. Right. So, um, in the chapter, deepening devotion in my book, I also talk about some of these mindset tools that we need to apply in order to become consistent. One of those is devotion versus discipline. If you are so disciplinary and you're like, I should do this. And if I didn't do it, then I messed up. And then you kind of like internally punish yourself, then you're not going to feel inspired to show up for it again. So I really encourage getting out of that black or white thinking, showing up to the best that you can, which doesn't mean just like never doing it. It's like, okay, I wasn't able to get to it this morning. I didn't sleep well last night. My kid was up, something happened. And I'm still devoted to finding a way to create five minutes, 10 minutes for myself today. So what does that look like when your kids are napping or in the evening, when you put them down or even letting them know, you know, Hey, mom's going to take a few minutes and I'm going to be, you know, taking care of myself or asking your spouse or someone to support you to be able to prioritize yourself. And I always say this, especially with moms is no, one's going to come up to you and be like, okay you need to go take care of yourself. Well, maybe maybe there will be some people who do that, but it really is your, your devotion to showing up as the best mom, your devotion to show them it's the best partner, devotion to show up as like the your best self is reliant upon you prioritizing time for yourself, filling your cup first so that you can show up and be a present mother and not be so reactive, right? Like this is so important, for your children and to set an example for your children of what it looks like to take care of yourself.
0: I mean, as we're going through this, I'm like, I'm just seeing this in dosha terms as well. I'm like, Oh, I can see like the Vata moms might be here. Pittas are going to be the, the black and white. Like I need to do it here or throw the whole practice away. Vatas can be more scattered and then Kaphas can get stuck and stagnant. And so, you know, are you familiar with Ayurveda?
1: Yeah. I was okay. actually, it's a really cool lens to look at um, doshas along with the masculine and feminine energy. Yeah, um, let's dive in of, there. Like, yeah. So I'm mostly pitta and pitta Kapha is my main constitutions. And as a pitta, when I'm in that mode, I am more in my hyper masculine mode. I'm like checklist, get stuff done, go, 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 like always in that doing mode, right? And if we're in that for too long without any balance of the Vata or the Kapha, then we are going to get into burnout. It's not sustainable, right? Now, if we go to the other end of the spectrum, I would say Kapha or when you're too far in Vata, right? That's going to be you're in that, that over feminine. I call it feminine overflow. So we've got masculine overdrive and feminine overflow. The feminine overflow is when you're kind of with kaphas, you're going to feel like stagnant and stuck and heavy. And you might even be calling yourself lazy and you're going to feel unmotivated. With vatas, you might have a lot of ideas and creativity happening, but you're not following through with it. You're not bringing it to fruition. And then you're like, I kind of feel lost. I haven't done anything. I feel unproductive and you feel kind of chaotic, right? So the the beauty of understanding both your your Ayurvedic constitution, as well as understanding how these two energies work. And I want to just, for anyone who's new to this language, masculine and feminine isn't about male and female. It's not gender specific. We all have these two energies. We've got that go mode and we've got that flow mode, right? And we we when we learn how to connect with both of these energies and bring them into harmony, that's when, it becomes more sustainable, and that's when we become more aligned with our true selves. Now, we have a lot of programming in our culture that puts us into that go, go, go mode, that hyper-masculine mode. And simultaneously, if you do feel burnt out or maybe you feel like a lot of pressure to fit into this go, go, go mode and you have a lot of self-doubt, you might float over to the hyper feminine mode to the feminine overflow. And so it's really learning these two energetics and how you can bring them into alignment for yourself. And the last piece that I'll share there is that it's not a calculated equation of you need to be like 50% in your doing mode and 50% in your flow mode. It's going to change in different seasons of your life. So you just shared like you're a new mom. and. You know, being a mom, you might there are aspects of it that are very feminine, the nurturing the intuitive side of things and then and the creative side of things when you're playing with your kids. But then there's a lot of masculine energy where it's like making sure that your kid is fed and that they have everything taken care of and everything's organized at the house. and like it it can be both. And so it's recognizing, ooh, when am I too far in one and where is the other one lacking? And how can I? invite more of whichever energy is needed into this chapter this season this this day this week like what do I need to do to get there
0: Mm. Um, I would love because I have a lot of pittas that listen and I'm like a fellow pitta as well and I've swung in both directions because I was like let me soften and then I was like that is too far I don't have a ton of kapha so I felt too far out of balance for me and so people who are listening, sometimes this is a, a question I have for many of my Pitta women who are in like corporate, they have to be in that masculine energy. Otherwise they tend to get walked all over. And so they were wondering how, how can you find that balance? How can you still be in that masculine, but also soften? And often they have trouble softening because they have to be in that masculine for so many hours each day. And then they come home to a family with young kiddos. And then they're like, how, how can I find that softening? when it's, when it can be tricky and it's maybe only on the weekends.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot of intentionality and it takes a lot of practice, especially if you have been in that mode for a long time, it's a learned programming. It's something that feels probably more safe and comfortable for you at this point. And there's this, this idea that the only way for me to be successful, the only way for me to compete and match up with other people is to be in that hyper overdrive. And I'm not saying let's just swing all the way to your feminine and not to use your masculine energy because we won't get we won't get very far. But what I'm saying is if you keep hustling at that pace and you don't intentionally create space and time to connect with your feminine energy, you are going to burn out. And you're going to be even though you're making the money and you're bringing home, you know, money to your family, you're going to be depleted and you're not going to enjoy your life. You're not going to be fulfilled. So this is really about bringing intentionality of connecting to your body and connecting to your soul. This could be in a morning practice. Even if you can't do it at home with your kids, maybe it's five minutes in the car before you go into the office, right? Maybe it's not picking up your phone first thing in the morning because let's keep it real. People say they don't have time, but they do have time, but they spend it on their cell phones. So it's like having that space and time and, and really dedicating yourself to that. It could be there. It could be in between meetings or in between calls, taking some nice deep breaths could be enjoying your cup of tea and like really savoring the flavors and actually getting like the pleasure of having a warm beverage and being really present when you're eating your food. These are all things like the feminine is more slow. It's more intentional. It's more present, right? The other ways that you can do this, one of my favorite tools, especially when you're transitioning from work to home, is to have some type of transition practice. So again, instead of like being on your phone, checking social media, whatever you're doing, it's like, okay, when I leave work, I take some space and time. I have a dance party in my car. I go for a walk. I take some deep breaths. I do a short meditation. Like I find a way to get into my body so that when you walk in the door, you can actually be receptive so that you're not just carrying over that energy of being like a drill sergeant or being in that checklist mode. And you can actually be with your family and enjoy like your kids giving you a hug and and cooking food if you end up making a meal it's like can you can you soften into that and it does take that transition like we need to create an intentional transition because otherwise that pit of fire will just like carry all the way through
0: yes and that reminds me of a quick story that happened this morning so my second grader i drop him off to school every morning and you know we were like he just dabbles in the car very vata and I was like okay like we're in line gotta gotta get out you know I'm trying to get him out the door and then he pauses when he gets out there and like comes back to the the window and blows me kisses through the window and I was like oh my gosh like oh you know and so it's just like some of those times like little moments like that to bring you back into the like oh that's that's the beauty that's the you know the slowing down like if I would have rushed out and just drove away you know I would have missed that moment and so just having that like just pause in the day and just I mean, I'm a big fan of that. Just the transitions that sometimes we rush, we rush through them and then we miss the magic moments.
1: Yeah. And something that can be helpful, especially if you're not used to this and like, this is not part of your daily routine at all. You can use the strengths of being a pitto or being in your masculine of using your calendar, using it being organized, like put a block in saying like a, like a breathe break or put a block in for transition time. Give yourself time in your calendar, five minutes in between meetings, instead of stacking them back to back to back, the feminine loves spaciousness. Like it doesn't love to be like so rushed from thing to thing to thing. And so if you're not used to giving yourself buffers for travel time, for switching from one meeting to another, going to the bathroom, like taking care of yourself, like make your meetings 50 minutes instead of an hour, like it's going to be okay. So there's ways that we can use our skills and the things that come naturally to us and use those to our advantage to create space for the feminine, to create space for that connection.
0: And is that one way you would suggest to like infuse pleasure into your day, like having that space or having room to do that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I like to think of it with the chakras. So pleasure, our ple- main pleasure center is our sacral chakra, which is just below our belly button when we are in our head, we are like the farthest away, the most disconnected from that center in our body. So, one really small tool that I love to help women reconnect their pleasure is actually bringing in some movement into their pelvic area doing hip circles, just starting to move some energy. You can stand, you can sit, you can do them and no one will even notice that you're doing them. These small hip circles and kind of bringing in that circular motion, that serpent-like motion into either your, your upper body and then bringing that down into your hips. And if you just do even like three or four hip circles in each direction and bring some breath there that we're even rocking on your pelvis, kind of like a cat cow motion with your pelvis. You can put be on all fours on the ground, or you can just do that as you're sitting that helps to bring our energy down to our sensuality down to our pleasure and it just softens everything like even when i do that i notice like my jaw starts to sh- soften my shoulders start to soften my face starts to soften and i'm not as tense i'm i'm actually moving some energy and it allows me to like relax my whole body Because when we are, again, in our minds, we're in that masculine, we're so tight and rigid. And I see this in women's bodies. When we start working together, I see it in their faces and through the journey that we go on and becoming deeply embodied. Like I see this like softness, this openness, like their hearts are open, their shoulders are back. They're like in this, just a different essence that, that, that feels so much better for them right? Like it doesn't feel good for us to be in that like tense place. So the first thing is, again, with pleasure is getting into the body, connecting with that sacral energy at the base of your spine, moving your hips. Like, you know, that's a really great way to get into that. And then there's other ways that we can connect to pleasure, which I mentioned one earlier, which is like, savoring the flavors, like pleasure, is all about sensation. It's about connecting to your five senses. So have you, you know, if you look at like a sunset and you're actually really present with it and you're like, wow, that's so beautiful. And like, it can even bring you to tears. Like that's a form of pleasure. Um, Savoring a delicious meal and actually tasting the food instead of shoveling at your desk or just like not paying attention, right? wearing something like I I have a lot of like textures where it's like fuzzy or maybe have like a warm blanket that you like to wear. These are all ways that we can infuse small moments of pleasure. I love to have fresh flowers everywhere where I can like see beauty, you know, and it's not so stale and I have, you know, plants everywhere. That's pleasure. So I think that sometimes the, the conversation around pleasure can can bring up a lot of shame it can bring up a lot of like disconnection because we most often connect the word pleasure with sex with our you know with our sexuality which it can be infused into that too and it can improve your relationship with your own sexuality and with a partner but there's also so many ways that we can start to feel pleasure within ourselves that don't necessarily need to
0: be about our sexuality Mm-hmm. I love that you said that. And the direction that you took that question, I think um, definitely took it in a different direction than maybe people thought, because again, I'm the same, like you hear pleasure. And even when I talk about the chakras in yoga and I'm like, pleasure, you know, I could just see people kind of like, you know, the word even kind of people's bodies just kind of go in and kind of like tense, like, oh, I'm, I don't know if I want to go there. And so I love that you kind of gave other examples of like, oh, okay, these are ways that we can incorporate pleasure that have nothing to do with sex totally invite people go have all the sex. If that's, you know, brings you pleasure as well, but like, don't have to. So thanks for sharing those. Um, I want to kind of chat, tap into this and kind of about the soul calling. And I had this conversation actually last night with a client and she was talking about one of her friends. We know her and I know her as well. And she was like, I love that. She has just her soul purpose. She's living her calling. She's like, I don't have one. I'm not called to anything. I just, I'm going to make all the money. And that's my, that's my calling is just to do that. Do you think that people have a soul calling and maybe it's gotten buried over time? Or do you think that maybe there are people who don't necessarily have that deep calling in terms of work? Maybe it's a different area that she has a soul calling.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I 100% believe that all of our souls chose to be here because we are here to contribute in some way. And so your soul calling can be your work, but it can also be other ways where you share your gifts and your love with the world. And, you know, I think it can be really confusing because we do live in a society that's like, really programmed us to get a good job, make money, save for retirement, etc. Like that's the the mold that we have been brought up in. And there's also stories around like you can't be successful when you're following your passions and your dreams, like kind of the starving artist mentality. And yes, of course, there are challenges being an entrepreneur, if that's the path that you go or being an artist. It, it's not just like get your paycheck, but it is possible to be successful in that. So I believe that everyone has a soul calling for some women. It's being an incredible mother, right? Like that might be their calling for others. It might be working for a nonprofit, whether you love animals or you want to support homeless people, like whatever that is for other people, it is sharing healing gifts. And I think in this day and age, there's a lot of healers and a lot of Um, medicine women who are awakening to their soul gifts. We are living in the time of the feminine rising, the age of Aquarius, where there's a lot of shifts happening and we are dismantling the, the old paradigm that says you need to do work and do life a certain way. So in my book, I talk about three different aspects of discovering your soul calling one is your soul curriculum which is really looking back at your life and looking at what are some of the challenges that have been presented to you in your life what are some of the hardships that you've had to overcome? And what are some of the lessons, the golden nuggets that you've learned and the embodied wisdom that now you can offer to others, whether that's offering it to your friends, your family, um, whether that's just, you know, how you are in your workplace, like there's so much wisdom that you hold and looking at your own unique soul curriculum is really powerful. Another is looking at your soul gifts. So what are the things that you're naturally good at? What are the things maybe when you were younger that just came to you naturally or that even over time you've developed and people compliment you for all of the time, right? Um, And then the third one is what are you most passionate about? What lights you up, right? There's something that lights you up, whether again, that's like travel or maybe it's, uh, you know, being in nature or it's bringing women together in community. Like, what is it that lights up your soul? We all have something. If we spend time in curiosity of like, what is it that brings me alive? And you know, soul calling is that it's like doing what brings you to life, what makes you feel fulfilled and giving that to others, like sharing that with the world. And it doesn't have to look one specific way. It can look your own very unique
0: way. I love that. Well, you've mentioned your book a few times and I would love for you to share who did you write your book for when you were, you know, who'd you kind of have in the back of your mind and who might benefit from picking up your book?
1: Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is that I wrote it for like my younger self. Like this is a book that I wish that I had when I was first on the path of discovering who I really am and really connecting with my soul and my heart and living authentically. Like this is the book that I wish that I had. So In the book, I share both personal stories, client stories, as well as practical tools for women who are wanting to come home to themselves. And it's mostly written for women who are ambitious women who maybe feel disconnected from themselves. They feel depleted. They feel discouraged and where they really know deep down there's more. They know that there's more passion, there's more radiance, there's more vitality and aliveness and they're really seeking that, they're craving that and that's really where this book is going to best serve you is to give you really simple practices and philosophies of how to come back home to yourself and how to reconnect with your own feminine essence.
0: Mm. And the book is called the feminine way. Cause I don't know if we've yes. mentioned that yes. I would. So it's been out in the world for a while now. Is there been any surprising takeaways that people have shared with you that you're like, wow, I didn't know people were going to gravitate toward this chapter.
1: Hmm. I don't know if there's like a specific chapter. I mean, it's, it's really cool because I released the book just in November and It was like right before Christmas. And so a lot of people got it as a gift for Christmas and now they've just started reading it. And so I've been getting some really beautiful messages and I'm actually planning on doing another book club evening to bring women together. It's one of my biggest passions is to bring women together in community because there's something so beautiful about women feeling seen and supported and understood and just really held in in a beautiful space. So I will be doing another book club evening at some point. And that's like the best way to really get to know, you know, how is this book landing for women and what's been most supportive for them? So I think it really depends on what is happening in their life and different chapters are going to speak to different women so in the in the book i have seven principles which i like to call the seven feminine codes and the way that i describe the codes are these codes are not new these are ancient wisdom and these are things that we already know on a soul level and the codes and these this wisdom is designed to unlock that inside of you it's designed to awaken it inside of you so you know there there's so many different aspects of connecting with your feminine and so depending on where you're at on your journey maybe you are craving more pleasure maybe you're curious like what is my purpose maybe you feel disconnected from your intuition. Maybe you feel like you have a hard time connecting with your emotions. Like all of that is in the book and it really is going to speak to where you're at and what you're needing at this time.
0: Love it. I'm totally going to pick up, copy myself and recommend for my Pitta clients is like all of those sound very like just to indeed. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Um, if people want to connect with you, um, do you offer any coaching and website, Instagram, where do you like to hang out?
1: Yeah, there's so many amazing ways that we can connect. So the first is I have a podcast called the feminine frequency podcast. We have over 300 episodes of so much magic. So that's a really great place to plug in, to get to know my work, to connect with other inspiring feminine leaders who I've had on as guests. And then I also have a signature group coaching program called the Multidimensional Woman, where we really work on these aspects of bringing your authentic self to life, developing your feminine power, your confidence, your radiance, your self-expression. And we work a lot with these two energies really bringing your own masculine and feminine energy back into harmony. So the multidimensional woman mentorship, you can find out about that on my website and also on my Instagram, which is at Amy Natalie Co. Perfect.
0: Well, I just have one final question for you today, Amy, and I love to throw out a weekly challenge to the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw out a little challenge for everyone to try. So what would you like that challenge to be this week?
1: Yeah, I love this question. So... I have one that I'd love to offer, which is taking time each day to write down three things that you would like to celebrate about yourself. And so as women, especially ambitious women, lots of Pitta energy (laughs) and be like, okay, what's next? It's, you know, it's not good enough. I haven't done enough. And really this is the key to cultivating your self-worth. Mm -hmm. This is the key to cultivating that validation from within. So we don't have to keep seeking it externally from the money, from the relationship, from other people. It's like taking this time each day to acknowledge yourself and celebrate what you are already doing. And that is one of the keys to really cultivating your inner confidence and your inner self-worth.
0: Love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us this morning. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yes. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.